0: And, uh, and so no matter where you are today, I believe that through this service today, as, as we open up His Word, which is true and ever speaking to us, and, and God Himself speaking to us, and as we open that up, and as we spend time in worship a little bit later, and as we go to the baptisms, that God's going to speak to you. He's going to speak to you where you are in your situation, and that you're going to see that God's a living God, a true God, and a powerful God that wants to be in relationship with you. And no matter where you are in your understanding of that, that He wants to take you deeper. And that's an exciting thing, isn't it not? That's good stuff. So I'm pumped for today. Um, We are going to jump into this as um, I don't have a ton of time today because we're going to change up the service a little bit. And we'll give you a little bit more direction at the end of how we're actually going to manage the baptisms. But... um, Just, you know, so you guys know, um, what we're going to be doing is, is we're going to, after I'm done speaking, we're going to move into a time of worship so we can worship God. And then after that, we're going to be concluding this part of the service to move to the baptism. And I'll give you direction after the service of how we're going to do that. But it's going to be a big moment, and we invite everybody to be there um, because we want everybody to celebrate in that moment. It's not just a moment for a person, and it's not just a moment for families and friends. It's a moment for us as a church to celebrate what God's doing in individuals' lives. And, um, and so it's a huge moment for us as a church. It's an exciting moment. You could even feel it today. Uh, as you're walking the doors, it's just electric. Was it not? As you come in, you're just like, oh, man, there's people here. You know, I'm ready for today. And all, oh, there's something going on. And it's just, you just know that it's going to be a big, big, big moment. And, uh, and that is what church is. That's what church is. It's coming into church, expecting God to do something, expecting big things to happen, and excitement coming from that. And so, all right, so here's where we are. Um, Today, as we jump into scripture, um, here at Williamsburg, we've been going through a sermon series in Acts, and so we've been taking, uh, we're going to take six weeks, so we got, next week will be the concluding week, where we're just going to walk through Acts chapter 1, and we've just been breaking up Acts chapter 1, and and, uh, just walking through each verse, and what they mean, and pulling out a truth for us as followers of Christ, and for us as a church, and it's been an incredible series, it's been so fun, Uh, For me personally studying this and, um, you know, my hope and my prayer, I've been telling everybody as we've been going through this is is that you fall just even deeper in love with God's Word as we go through this. Um, I was joking around, and and I wasn't joking around with Pastor Fred when we started this. I was like, hey, on Sunday, I might not get past verse 1. There's just so much in it. And um, and, and honestly, like, there's just so much in God's Word. No matter how long you've been studying it, no matter how long long you've been reading it, um, you know, it, it just, it never stops speaking to you. And, and I just I pray that you know as you go through and if you haven't been a part of the sermon series go online listen to the podcast and 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 hopefully as you go through and listen to them You'll see the depth of God's Word and and that he'll he'll use any type of Insufficient tool like this guy to speak to you and and that it's just incredible And hopefully you get a new excitement and, and, and love for God's Word and that's been one of my big prayers And then two secondly it's been this is that us as a church would see what Jesus came to do Jesus came so that he would die on the cross, so that we would have life, life abundantly, and that life abundantly is a life that is on mission. That de- Jesus didn't come just so you can, he could can say, okay, good, Not, you don't, you know, nothing's you know, your responsibility anymore, you've got everything good and free, you don't have to worry about anything more, so now you're good, just go live life, right? He came so that we would have purpose Right? And he came to send us on mission. And so, for us as a church, what does that look like and what does that mean? And so, we've just been taking time to look through that and what does that mean? And I don't have enough time to really go through a recap, so you're going to have to listen to the podcast, all right? And so, um, but today, uh, you're not going to be lost as we jump in. But we're going to be in Acts chapter 1. So, if you want to go ahead and open your books, uh, your Bibles up to Acts chapter 1, that would be fantastic. And I'd be excited for you to do that. So, Um, And Acts, we see here, is just a quick recap. As you look at Acts chapter 1, one of the big things about it that we could just uh, pull together for you today that's absolutely massive is is that Jesus gave the disciples in Acts chapter 1 the biggest mission, right, of anybody that's ever existed on the planet, right? He's talking to the disciples, and he says, hey, me, God, I just came to earth, and I lived, and I died, and I rose from the grave, and then now you you're going to take this thing to the ends of the earth, right? And he's speaking to a bunch of guys that grew up in the countryside, right? And he's saying, you're going to go to the ends of the earth. And they're like, I don't know how. I don't even know what that means. I don't even have a compass to get wherever you're telling me to go, but you're telling me I'm going to go to the ends of the earth. And he's saying, I want you to be the ones to build my church, which is what Jesus came to initiate, to to set in motion his church so that his plan would be fulfilled and be set in motion so that God would be glorified and that people would know him. And so he's looking to these guys and he's saying, I want you to do this. It's the biggest mission that anybody's ever had. And he says, I want you to go do this. You're going to go into the, the earth, but wait, Right. And that's the biggest thing as is, is we look at it today, is, is that Jesus is telling them, I want you to go do this, set it up, this is huge, this is massive, you just saw me die, you just, all kinds of emotional things happened in your life, and then you now are now seeing me risen from the grave, I'm alive, I'm eating with you, I'm appearing in rooms, I'm disappearing, amazing stuff's happening, and I want you to go to the ends of the earth, and they're like, this is awesome, yes, I can't wait to be a part of this, and Jesus said, wait. Now how many of you guys do good with waiting? Let's be honest. How many of you guys do good with waiting, right? Come on. Yeah, there's no hands, right? All right, good. we got an honest crowd in here this morning. That's good. All right, how many of you are really bad at waiting? You're really bad. All right, okay, good. I just want to make sure you're awake. All right, yeah, we're really bad at waiting. I am the chief sinners when it comes to impatience, all right? I'm telling you, even this week, knowing just what I was going to be speaking as I've been praying, God, let your word just work in my heart. God, I want this thing to be real. And and I'm just sitting there just praying, God, help me to speak this today, not just as at it from my head, but from my heart and experiencing you. God has been doing all kinds of amazing things and putting the slowest people in front of me while I'm driving. (laughs) Yesterday, I was behind a dude that was driving and he stopped at a green light, <laughs> right, because he was anticipating the yellow, <laughs> and then when it turned green, he waited for 15 seconds, like, for what? I don't know, and then we had a turn, and there was no light, and I was still behind him, and he sat there, and it was just like, I was like, uh, uh, you could go. Oh no, okay. How about now? No, Okay okay, you want you want Jefferson to be completely empty. All right. Yeah, let's wait for that. Yeah. You know, and I'm just sitting there just like, what is this guy doing? And I'm just getting frustrated, right? You know, it's just, you got to be kidding me. This morning I went into Walmart and I was sitting there and I walked into Walmart, got a shopping cart and I started pushing the shopping cart and it was the, you know, the flat tire thing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and so I'm sitting there trying to push it and I'm trying to get through there really quick. And like, so you walk, you ever done the trick, right? You're just like, I can't stand that, right? I just can't stand the noise. I can't, it just, frustrates me. So you pick up on the side where the wheels, right? And so you just kind of just go like this, right? Well, I was sitting there trying to do that, and then I had to get on the phone, so I'm just like walking through one hand, and I'm like, (laughs) you know, just walking like all crazy, and I'm like, I don't got time for this, right? So I saw a cart sitting over there, and it had stuff in it, I don't know if it was an employee. I don't know if it was some lady sitting down the aisle. I don't know. But I switched carts (laughs) because I didn't have time for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, i got to get stuff done. And so, you know, I don't like waiting at all. I don't like waiting. I'm an impatient person. I get frustrated with stuff. And so when I'm looking at scriptures and Jesus is saying, I want you to go do something massive. This is the biggest thing that's ever been set up. And I want you to do it. But wait. It gets personal. It gets personal for me because I don't like waiting. And it's, it's something for us in the church to even look at and to say, man, where are we at as a church and followers of Christ? That we get so excited about things that we can get ahead of God and what he's wanting to do in us. And that we can build up our ideas of what things should look like and how they should function and where they should go. And we start getting all these ideas that we start getting ahead of God and he's saying, wait on me. Just wait, because if you wait, I'm going to give you the power to not do what you can do. I'm going to give you the power to do what I want you to do, and it's always bigger, and it's always greater, and it's always different than what we could imagine, and waiting is a difficult thing. It's not something we like, and it's not something that we want to even grow in, but it's something that Jesus specifically directs his disciples to do before They start on the mission of building the church. Jesus comes, and he dies, and he's risen from the grave, and he spends 40 days, 40 days walking around with these guys and showing them that he's real, eating meals with them, allowing them to touch his wounds, and blowing their minds in incredible ways, and just, he's there. And then he's like, I'm going to ascend to heaven, right? And you think it's coming now, but I want you to wait 10 more days, right? He loves us to wait on Him. Wait with anticipation, wait with expectation. Today, I don't even know if you know this or not, but today is actually Ascension Day, so happy Ascension Day. Yeah. 50 days after Easter, we celebrate this, or it's not really an organized event as a church, but today is a day that we do. Some, you, know, that you can look at and say, Today is the day that Jesus ascended to earth, which is a huge thing we looked at last week. And it's huge because Jesus Himself. He didn't just disappear. He didn't just, in in some act of a miraculous power, something came and took him to heaven. Jesus, in his own power, in flesh, ascended to heaven. And that's massive for us as a church. and That's massive for us as followers of Christ because Jesus ascending to heaven as a man in flesh, in his own power, he shows his divinity and he shows his humanness. That he's fully God and he's fully man. And that he ascends to heaven as God And sits at the throne as man, interceding for us, giving us the ability to break the barrier of earth and the spiritual realm so that we can speak to God ourselves, so that prayer could become something that we can do. And this is the transition. Jesus ascends to heaven, and then today as we jump into verse 12, we start looking at the disciples now waiting the way that Jesus wanted them to Wait. And this is a huge model for us as followers of Christ. This is a huge model for us as a church. How are we supposed to wait? How are we supposed to wait as an individual? How are we supposed to wait as a church? We know what God wants us to do, or we know where God wants us to be, or we look at Scripture and we say, okay, as, as, a, as a follower of Christ, here's what my life should look like, but I don't know how I'm going to get there. As a couple, I don't know how we're going to get there as a husband and wife. I know what I want us to be as a husband and wife, but how do we get there, Right? There's a waiting process, right? Some of you right? like, hey, you've been married for five years, and like one day, one day he'll get it, right? You've been waiting, right? <laughs> you've been waiting. You're like, it's been a long time, and I'm telling you, I've been putting in the time. It's going to happen one day, right? But how do we wait patiently, and how do we wait for the things that God has for us? When we look at the disciples today, we see a model that they set out, and that God, I believe, ordains for us to say, this is how we are to wait, This is how we wait as individuals. This is how we wait as a church. So let's read Acts chapter 1, verse 12. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of half a mile. When they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. Here are the names of those who were present. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of of James. You know they had to put that one in there, right? Judas. Not that one, the other guy. (laughs) They all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. So as we go through and we look at this, and we look in verse 12, honestly through 13, one of the things that we see here is how we're supposed to wait is, is that gathering together prepares us for mission. Gathering together prepares us for mission. Listen, church, this is a massive thing to get as you look at here in the scriptures. When you look at the disciples, Jesus just ascended to heaven, right? They're standing there, and they're just like, there he goes, right? And the cloud comes, and he's gone, and they're just staring at heaven, and all of a sudden angels come and say, hey, guys, whoosh, whoosh, Jesus told you to go do something, right? And they're just like, yeah, yeah, okay, 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 right? The first thing is, is they come together. I mean, this is massive. This is why we come together on weekly services. This is why we come together in life groups. This is why we come together in in meetings as a church. We come together because when we come together, it helps us to be excited for what God's called us to. When you go through and you look at this list of people that's listed out here, you got Peter at the very front, Right? Just some 40 days ago, this is the guy, as a little girl comes up to him, right, and says, hey, aren't you one of the disciples of Jesus? He's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about, girl. (laughs) No, not me, right? No, like this is Peter, the dude that just like denied Jesus three times, run around, went back to his old job, and he's just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Now some 40 days later is sitting there, right, leading this thing, and he's excited for what Is happening in his life. He's excited for what God has called him to do because he's in a room with other people that are excited for the same thing. He looks not at his failures. He looks not at at who he is or what he could accomplish, but he looks at what God is doing because he sees others with him all focused on Christ. And when you look at this list, you see Peter, and you see the disciples, and you see Mary Magdalene. You see all these other, the women that we're talking about, the women that were there at the cross. And you see his mother, and you see his brothers. You look at this list. This is an odd group of people that is together. As you go on and we look at verse 15, we'll talk about this a little bit more next week. But in verse 15, it says there's about 120 people that 120 people are sitting there, and they're all together, and they're all together, not for any other reason other than the fact that they're there because of Jesus Christ. You go into, into Luke, and you look at the end of Luke. Remember that Luke wrote both the Gospel of Luke and Acts, and he wrote them to be together, so they're read together. And he, at the end of Luke, he says that they worshipped Jesus as he ascended to heaven, and he was gone. They worshipped Jesus, and they spent all of their time in the temple. And he continues on with just the same thought that they're spending all their time together worshiping Jesus. Now, this is an interesting fact because if you go to 1 Corinthians, you can see in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that Jesus appeared. Paul is talking about that Jesus appeared to over 500 people at one time. And he could have done that even multiple times. So you're talking hundreds if not thousands of people saw Jesus murdered and then saw him risen from the dead. And now you've got 120 people, not thousands. interesting isn't it? We'll get into that more next week. But this week it's good just to see that you got hundred and twenty people. They're not focused on anything else other than Jesus. That's what they're focused on. That's what they're set on. Man, when you got a group of people that come together to focus on Jesus, It doesn't matter about your disparities. It doesn't matter about your failures. It doesn't matter about your worries and your anxieties. When you come together with a group of people, weekly at service, in life groups, when you come together to have a Bible study with people at your work, when you come together as your family around the word of God, when you come together as a couple to pray with each other and to be together around Jesus and say he is the center of things, God prepares you for mission. And that's how we wait, is that we come together focused on Jesus. Now, when you look at this list, you see all the different people, you see all their issues, and you see all these things. His brothers are there, right? His brothers, who you can see in John chapter seven, did not believe in him as God, right? I mean, come on, how many of you think about this, right? How many of you got older brothers? How many of you got older brothers? Let's see your hands real quick, all right? How many of you got scars to prove that you have an older brother, right? Okay, all right. Now, if your older brother said, hey, I am sinless, I am perfect, and I am God, how many of you would follow him? Right? 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 Hey moms, right? Hey moms, how many of you, if your sons, other than my mom who's here today, all right, because so, we know how she would answer this, but if your sons came and said, hey, I'm perfect, I'm sinless, and I'm God, what would you do? Right, what would you do? Would you follow him? Or would you say, hey, hey, um, hey dude, can you go get that jacket? <laughs> you know, the one with the sleeve tied behind it? <laughs> you know? <laughs> There's something not right. We've got, we've got to get this thing figured out. They're sitting there. They didn't believe in him at one point, but now they believe in him. They doubted him. They rejected him. They walked away from him. But now they're all together, centered around him, believing in him. A group of people gathered together around Jesus. I'm telling you, if you've got a situation in your life and you're waiting for God to do something the best thing for you to do is to come together with a group of people that know who Jesus Christ is, to find a place that you can say, this is my spiritual family, a church that you can be connected with, that you come together on a regular basis, centered around Jesus, worshiping Jesus, forgetting about your failures, forgetting about your issues, forgetting about anything else, forgetting about how jacked up they are, because they're going to forget about how jacked up you are, and you're just going to say, we're going to worship Jesus. Man, when you come that way, It prepares you for what God wants you to do. Second thing we can see as we look at them and their model of waiting is that praying together unifies us for mission. Praying together unifies us for mission. Listen, you got to get this because coming together is a huge part for us as a church family. It's a huge part for us as followers of Christ. If you think you can follow Jesus on your own, you're a special person because that's not the way he's got it set up. There's some people, maybe for a certain reason, circumstances, they have to. But by and large, for us as a church and for us as followers of Christ, we are to gather together. So that when we come together, we don't look at ourselves, but we look at Jesus. That we see and understand and recognize his forgiveness for us. That we see his mercy on display. That we see his goodness and his love being poured out, not in our own lives, but also in others. And that he comes and see, we see that we are supposed to live our lives for him and not for ourselves. It changes our mindset. It changes our understanding. It changes our perspective. It prepares us and it gets us ready for mission. And it begins to unify us as a church. It begins to unify us as a body. It brings us together. We can see in scriptures, we can see in scriptures that in John chapter 13, verse 35, it says, Jesus said, the world would know that we are his disciples by the love that we have for one another. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 5, it says that we're supposed to be unified together in Christ. Listen, when we come together, God prepares us for mission. But when we begin to pray, and we begin to call out to God for his kingdom to come. And we begin to call out and say, God, we want what you want. God, we're here and we're ready for what you want to do in our lives. And we're ready for this situation to be your situation and for you to do what you want to do. We come in with that heart and we begin to call out to God. He unifies us and he brings us together. The, verse, the, the word that's used here, it says one accord that they were brought together. They were brought together in one heart, brought together in one mind. It says this in Psalms, it says this in Psalms, uh, Psalms 133 verse 1. It says, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like precious oil on the head running down the beard and on the beard of Aaron running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion for the Lord, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Hey, listen, when we come together and we start praying for God to do his will and we start praying that God would work in our midst and we start praying for each other and we start praying for our spouses and we start praying for our, our kids and we start praying for those that we're connected with, God begins to unify us. And when we're unified for Jesus Christ, we're centered around him and we're unified around him, he commands a blessing in our life. And people begin to see us living not for ourselves, but living for Jesus. And when they see that, they see something different. They see something extraordinary. And God is setting the stage up so that he can do something magnificent. So you look at your life as the worship team begins to come up here. When you look at your life and you look at your situations, maybe you look at your marriage and you say, you know what, I wish wish things were different. I wish we were more connected. I wish things were better. I wish come together around Jesus Christ and pray that his will be done. Pray. Listen, prayer is not us just talking to God so that maybe we can convince him of something. Prayer is not even something God wants us to do so that we can just wait for something. Prayer is a conversation that we have with God, that God knows that if we wait with Him, that if we wait on Him, and that if we wait on His promises, and if we wait connected with His people, that He changes our hearts. And that we stop waiting for the things that we want, but He prepares us for the things that He wants. He unifies us around His mission and His purpose, and it changes us. Man, when we come together in prayer, it changes things. And the primal thing that it changes is your hearts. And when your heart gets changed for God, you're ready for anything to happen. And you're ready to stand and say, you know what? I wanted this, but now I don't. I want this. And the thing that changed was not God, but you. You're like, I need this to happen. I need this home to be bought. Or I need this situation to change. Or as a church, we want want more people to come. God will answer those prayers as our heart changes for what he wants to do. Because I'm telling you, he wants to do something bigger, better, and more extraordinary than we could ever imagine. And he wants us to be willing and ready. And when we come together expecting that God's going to do something and we're unified around who Jesus Christ is, that he's a man that lived and died and rose again for you and I and ascended to heaven as fully man and fully God, paying the price that we should have paid so that we can live the life that he deserves. We're ready for anything. My issues are gone, my desires are gone, My, my frustrations are gone, my weaknesses, they're gone because I stand here and say, God, what do you want? I'm ready. Got them ready. ready. is the last thing we see this is gathering plus prayer plus unity equals kingdom growth. Kingdom growth. And that's what I want today for this church. That's what I know you want today for your church. I know that's what you want for your home. I know that's what you want for your own life. You want kingdom growth. You don't want incremental growth. You don't want some just growth of this is what I accomplish. But you want to see what God can accomplish in your life. It happens when you come together with people. When you come together unified around Jesus Christ, calling out to Him, your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your kingdom first, everything else second. God brings us together, He unifies us, and amazing, miraculous things happen. So today as we're here as a church, may you and I be excited that God brings us together, not so that we can get something, Not just so that we can say, okay, great, I feel better. But God brings us together so that we can be in his presence and literally be understanding that God is pursuing us to capture our hearts, to send us ready to go. And when he brings us together, he's bonding us together through our moments of worship and prayer and calling out to him. He's unifying us so that we can stand as a beacon of light to this world so that others can know who Jesus Christ is. And so as we step into this moment, we're going to take communion. It's available for you. As soon as we, I say amen, you can go and grab some communion and take that as a family. Take that as an individual. And what I ask is, is that you just say, this is a moment that I recognize that I've made a vow of devotion to Christ. That I've said I know who Jesus is. That he's not just some guy who lived that I admire and then I appreciate, but He's Lord. He's King. He owns everything in my heart. He owns everything in my house. He owns everything that is my desire. It's all His. He is my God. He is my Lord. I'm looking to Him. If you've had that moment, then take this communion and reflect how good He is and how wonderful He is. And that He's a God who conquered all, who went to heaven so that we could pray, who went to heaven so that we could live on mission. And he gave us each other so that we don't have to do it alone. And he gave us the Holy Spirit so that we can do it with him always and through his power. And today, if you don't have a relationship with God, you haven't made that moment, then step up to the communion table. Stop. Say, I'm a sinful person. And I recognize my need for Christ. God, I want to make you Lord. I want to make a vow of devotion to follow you and say, I am yours. Reflect on his goodness. Reflect on who he is and what he's done for us on the cross. And let's worship him today.